I'm Marissa Donnelly, host of the Vulnerability Podcast, a podcast series focused on being vulnerable, being emotional, being deep, and talking about topics that people often shy away from. In this podcast series, you'll see stories of faith, hope, inspiration, darkness, frustration, and everything that really challenges us to speak to our human experience and to do so in shedding our skins and being vulnerable. Welcome back to the Vulnerability Podcast. My name is Marissa Donnelly. I'm your host, and today I have Laura K. Rowe with me. She is a yoga and meditation teacher. She's an author. She's a single mother of two, and just talking to her already, I'm just so inspired by her story, her journey, and all of her work. So welcome, Laura. Oh, hi. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Of course. I want to dive right in. As a writer myself, I know that writing is so beautiful, so painful, and often rooted in different parts of our journeys. I wonder if you could just share a little bit with my audience about maybe the type of content that you've written and maybe a little bit of the inspiration behind why you're so passionate about writing. Oh, sure. Absolutely. I've been a writer since I was 18 um, and um, started off in journalism. But I have to tell you that I came in through sort of a back door. I mean, any of my English teachers in high school would be like, wait, what? She's a writer? Because <laughs> I was not interested in it at all in high school. And in fact, I was a dancer um, and very much into physicality, you know, um, teaching dancing, teaching aerobics from the time I was in 10th grade at Duke University. I was teaching and um, and some, some horrific things happened during my high school. And that catapulted me onto this sort of path of wanting to explore that. Um, and so interviewing experts was helpful. So my, um, my dance and cheer partner was murdered. Um, and, um, you know, that was something that I still grapple over. And, um, and it was by a stalker. And, um, and, and then at the same time, some, you know, my high school sweetheart got into drugs and nearly killed me twice. And, you know, I started thinking about that, especially in the South, there's this, this ownership love with women, you know, um, and it's, it, I can still see it, but it's all over the world. You know, we see that where beauty and brains is something to control, to own, to manipulate, um, and to stifle with a lot of men. And, um, and it's just the way it is. And I'm not a diehard feminist by any means, but I've experienced it and it's frightening, you know? And so when I got to college, um, I uh, immediately started working for the BBC radio, um, covering, um, judges anyone on campus, um, former secretary of states. And, you know, for a shy girl who's petite and blonde, that's pretty tricky to do, you know? And so I would mostly get a deep voice and I'd call them <laughs> on the phone and, you know, I always did better on radio when I had a cold and have had like Demi Moore voice, you know, like it was just, um, just the way it was. And then I worked at the newspaper covering crime, you know, and, um, and, uh, you know, a story covering rapes across college campuses made it on um, the AP wire. And then, and then my career sort of took off from there. And, um, and so I, I started getting into fiction, however, when I really wanted to document what was real and what isn't real, which now as a yogi, I think that's interesting. I feel like we're living in a lot of illusion, but that's another topic. But so I ended up going to a documentary film school. I went, I studied with the BBC, um, 
And everything I wrote, I would try to get underneath, not just the motivations, but who the person was. Um, and um, covering crimes, politics, environment. And, um, and I started working on my first novel when I was 25, um, maybe actually younger, 23. Um, so I went to, I got my MFA in New York and nearly got a book deal. And it's one of those things where um, uh, living in New York was so expensive <laughs> and I was putting myself through in Wall Street mm -hmm. working for analysts. And I would edit all the analyst reports and I started working directly for, um, the founder of one of the biggest hedge funds in the world. And so I learned a lot about business. And so when I was broke after living in New York for four or five years, I ended up getting a job as editor in chief of a business magazine in Atlanta. Um, and I needed to start earning money. You know what I mean? And so, mm -hmm. you know, so I sort of waffled back and forth between my fiction and my journalism. And, um, and then when I was pregnant with my first child, um, I didn't even have time to read what to expect when you're expecting, right? And so I was working for Forbes and Inc. and um, in, a, in a magazine that's now defunct called the Industry Standard in San Francisco. And long and short of it, I just kept pitching articles to fit pregnancy. And finally, the editor there called me and said, you're pregnant, aren't you? <laughs> I was like, so I, I switched into, into, into pregnancy and parenting because I was just neurotic and didn't have... Um, and so that got me into the back door of healthcare, right? And then, you know, um, when I was living in London with my um, ex-husband, I was doing yoga every day, but from my apartment in Notting Hill. And, um, and then after our, we moved back to California, um, you know, and we had our divorce and he moved back to London, dealing with two children, a baby and an older child, like that was, that was hard. And, um, and I ended up, doing a lot of yoga trainings to get, to get through. And, and that was amazing for me. So um, I'm back to my fiction. I think yoga helped me get brave um, and keep following my art. And so I'm now writing my fourth novel. So. Wow. <laughs> what I a know. journey. Yeah, I know. I know. I love it. It's usually, you know, when you talk to, as a writer, I'm like, yep, yep. We don't really have linear journeys, you know? the perceptions on the outside is like, oh yeah, you know, you were a writer, you wrote for a couple things and then you wrote a book and oh, the path was so easy. But like hearing your story, I'm like, I totally get it because a lot of times, you know, when you're trying to figure out what type of writing you want to lean into or, yeah. you know, what's going to pay the bills versus what you love, like it's a back and forth journey of taking sometimes weird jobs and trying to figure it out um, along the way. So I appreciate that honesty and vulnerability because I think it's just a great picture for people to see that, you know, even people from, you know, from our websites, everybody looks amazing, right? But it's awesome when you can dig into that person's story and realize, even though this person has published four books and makes it look like a breeze and is a yoga teacher and teaches meditation, all these wonderful things, there's still, um, you know, that backstory of that struggle. And I think it's the struggle that really makes us, you know, who we are and really makes our craft what it is. Well, and also like, here's the thing, you know, um, no matter what I'm writing, I get into, I, I'm really fascinated by the characters and the people. So in business, uh, for years, I would just cover careers because I wanted to understand, like, you know, the, the, how someone deals with that crappy manager who never helps you succeed or, you know, so I'm always into personalities and characters and, you know, and, and developing character is not something that you can 
can just drop into easily, you know, like I want to write about the character that people love so much. They don't even care what's happening to her. They'll follow her to the trash dump because they love her so much. You know, like I want to write about that person and it takes effort. So if I'm in my fear and I'm in my head and I'm worried about what you think or what everyone else thinks, and I can't do that brain dump, you know, first drafts are always crap and they're just always crap. And, and we just have to, own it like the story might be golden but you know what I mean the writing is not going to be tight not going to yeah. be and that's just the way it is and if and if I give up on the first you know draft or the first book that may or may not succeed then then I'm not really learning the lesson and that's just where you keep you keep honing your craft I mean I love Brene Brown's quote about vulnerability and I know you know it um, with the name of your podcast, but it's like, you know, it's not about winning or losing. It's just, you know, being brave and showing up to be seen and having no control over the outcome. And that's, that's like loving someone without expectations, right? I mean, it takes uh, a lot of, a lot of courage and it's, it's strength, you know? And so for me, I'd, I'd stepped out of my strength when, um, when I gave up on my fiction, when I listened to other people who said, you can't be a mom and do this, or you need to, um, you know, stay with this full-time editing job. Um, you will go destitute if you don't, you know, these sort of stories, um, Mm -hmm. like a staying in your lane kind of thing. Yeah. And these kind of stories don't, service now of course you don't just jump off a cliff and give up you know like I was a full-time parenting and pregnancy editor for a magazine for a while and I launched a little healthcare magazine for a hospital here in LA and you know and you don't just drop these things without any sort of safety net but you know but I freelance for a lot of a lot of companies and I still do um and I used to teach 10 yoga classes a week up until COVID, you know, so you, you artists do what they need to do in order to have that stability to keep pursuing their art. Right. Um, mm-hmm. So I think, I think all artists get that, but people from the outside might not. And that's okay. Well, and I think you said something beautiful about just your experience being a mom and having people say, well, you can't do both. And like, that's just, I want everybody listening to just listen to that and hear that again. Like I've experienced the same thing where it's like, well, you can't be a business owner and a mom and do this and do that. It's like, you can't, but you can, because it's really about figuring out what's, what you're passionate about, what you care about, what really feels right. Um, And it doesn't mean that again, it's going to be linear or easy or perfect, but it's really just saying like, yeah, I want this life for myself. I want these things for myself and leaning into the fear. I think you said it perfectly with the whole idea of vulnerability is leaning into the fear. That's actually the driving force behind this podcast for me was I'm a writer and I can hide behind, you know, written text. I can hide behind blog posts in a sense, you know, people can read my words, but that's different than hearing my voice or seeing my face. So this podcast was actually born of the challenge of saying, let's do this live with minimal editing and be really raw about my experience and, you know, the people I bring on the show. And that's leaning into that fear And I just feel like every conversation I have with people on this podcast is like, they say things that they are surprised about saying sometimes, um, or things come up and it's like, wow. And that's really, I think what vulnerability is like leaning into that fear and discovering that on the other side of that fear, yeah, on the other side of that fear is who you really are. Oh, I believe in that full, 
Absolutely. And I love that that's what you're doing. You know, um, I love that because where there is fear, there is not love. Right. And so like if, if I connect to my feelings, which I mean, some of us grew up in households where you weren't allowed to have feelings. Right. And I've talked to many people, especially in the military, a lot of people, you know, they, that's scary stuff. But if I lean into my feeling and I'm really anxious and fearful, then I'm outside of my center. Right. And so I'm not going to create well anyway. That's when I need to just, you know, go take a jog or a walk or clear my head. Right. But it's also like, mm, it's super important for artists of any sort or anyone following a dream, honestly, to realize that outside voices are supporting you. They are the voices to not talk to about your dreams full stop and it's hard when they're if if they are someone you're married to or if it's in one of your best friends but but acknowledge that when you get quiet and meditate or if you're running or biking you know there's something that happens with the juices you start really embracing the vision of and I don't mean vision of success but like you know if you're a writer and you know um a stanza comes in, you know, for music or for poetry, or you see your character doing something, you're like, oh, I love that. Like, that is, you know, your connection to your creativity. That's your excitement. That's your joy. And that's what you're following. Um, and there's a reason for that. There's a reason for that. And you're not too old. You have something to say. Um, and there's enough time. You know, when we pick up the phone and we talk to someone about not having enough time, how much time went by? right? Or if we're scrolling mm -hmm. social media because we're worried about our platforms, how much time went by? You know, there's it's like these sort of things we just have to come to grasp with it. It's just, um, it's like a force, you know, like gravity. It's like this force we have to push through, you know, that once we're on the other side of it, we're, we're going to be okay. And that doesn't mean we don't keep feeling the fear, but I notice that if I talk about the anxiety and I talk about the fear, it revs up. Right. Um, and then I get further away from what I'm trying to, to do. But if I just sit down and give myself 15 minutes, maybe just to reread a paragraph, 15 minutes, if I just sit down and look at it, then I'm centered all over again and I'm back in that place and it's all fine. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. And so what I did a lot of research. So I helped, um, I helped a, an amazing woman in San Francisco launch a company called Real Girls Media. Um, Kate Thorpe is amazing. I love her. And I was in London and she was brave enough to say, yeah, I want you to help us. Um, and then of course, you know, I just became the parenting pregnancy editor and she had all these other people on board, but I was with her when there was only like about five of us and Real Girls Media was bought by Meredith Corp. And what I loved about it is that I got to do a lot of research and it was for women to give them voices. So it was marrying blogging content with creative writing and then with real journalist content. And so when we were doing all this research to give women platform, because then suddenly they were reaching a bigger audience than just if they had their own blog, right? And we were giving them platforms and, and then editors would help them with their work. You know, it was like a precursor to hybrid publishing back in those days. Mm -hmm. And so when I did all this research, what we found out was that the mom and the parenting channel, because we had different channels, that was the powerhouse. And that 
we, when we talk to scientists as well, women have the ability to go right brain, left brain, right brain, left brain. Why? Because we're always multitasking and we can stay more focused when we multitask. But we've been conditioned, especially in this country, to believe that we're not. But we are the perfect. And in fact, women were the ones that were really like producing more because we had a, we had sites about, you know, we had a career site and finance site and we did do like a fatherhood section but it was the women on um divine carolina this website that we launched that were really really producing while they're in school while they're raising kids while they're doing two jobs and i think women are just conditioned to think that what they're doing not that it doesn't matter but they don't recognize all the other little things that they're doing that and i'm not bashing men but men often can just focus so it's just it's just one of these things where we can actually accomplish a lot more than we think and art female artists um can produce a lot more um and we also need more support and so finding ways to get that support and to ask for it and to know that we deserve it um is just all part of our journey i'm really passionate about that yeah i think you nailed it with women where it's like it's a inherent natural thing to take on more than is expected mm -hmm. you know like and again you know this isn't the super feminist podcast episode you know it's yeah. just kind of like where our hearts are you know as as moms and you know just kind of going through the different things that i think we can both connect with um i don't know it's just something that comes inherently like for example as you're as you're sharing this i'm thinking about you know with the onset of covid like for yeah. me, I was already working from home. So it was just so natural for me to be like, yep, you know, I've got this, we'll figure it out. I'm homeschooling, I'm doing this. I'm, you know, and it's, you know, it's not to say that the men around us can't do those things, but I think for women and moms, especially, it's just like, this is a natural, I didn't have to question it. I didn't have to think about it. I didn't have to like go back and forth. It was just like, yeah, I'm doing this. <laughs> um, we let it, we let it flow in and we let it flow out. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. And there's, there's scientists that study this, and it's fascinating to me. I've interviewed a few of them. And that we really let, you know, organically, I can be writing or on a deadline for a magazine article, and then suddenly realize, oh, my son has a quiz in an hour. I need to go into his room and remind him. And this is a skill, <laughs> you know, and then come back in, and then also remember that mm -hmm. lunch. Yeah. or something and so it's um but we do get brain drain where towards the end of the day we're just like okay this is it i need to go into the bathroom and have a have a, a soak for an hour and nobody talk to me you know we will get brain drain for sure mm -hmm. but um yeah I, the only reason why i mentioned it is just because you, you were talking about you know any women listening who um have some artistic passions that may not bring in um money to their family right um and they're worried about the time and the dedication for that i would just say if it lights up your soul if it gives you some peace of mind if it helps you connect to your center um you know i have a sister who's an amazing artist and musician and both of those uh, like classic you know she does mosaics that are amazing um, and she's not really making money off of that. She has a full-time job, but the minute she comes home from work, she can sit down for an hour and it just centers her, really connected to something. And she has her music going while she's doing her art or she's practicing singing. And, and it really connects her. And 
when we're centered and fulfilled, we're better parents, we're better spouses. You know what I mean? Um, and so it doesn't have to be an all or nothing, as I guess is what I'm trying to say. You know, it's taken me many years before um, having a book published, but able to sit down and do some writing, it's actually not a chore for me. I really get into my characters and fall in love with them. Um, and it helps me, even though it's fiction, it helps me grapple topics. And it's almost like I'm asking the universe for some, some direction. And, and it just helps me. It centers me. Same thing with my yoga. And so I think that shows kids that, um, that, that people can pursue their passions. And they should pursue their passions. And there is a way to do that. It gives them permission to do the same. Um, so certainly don't quit your day job completely if you know the income isn't coming in but you can find ways an hour here an hour there you know you can find ways to incorporate it until you find the green lights to make it full-time there's always a way um just canceling out the noise and the negativity is important and then you know for me i had to tell myself i'm doing this because i love it um, if I get published, fabulous, but this is something that I feel passionate about. Kept taking more trainings because I wanted to learn. I wanted to be better for um, the cancer patients I work with Glee at the hospital when I teach yoga meditation. I just kept, you know, I wanted to learn more and I wanted it to come across, right? And to, to help, help anyone with injuries do this safely. And so I just kept from an authentic place. And, and I think whenever we come from an authentic place, it resonates with someone else. You know, I really believe that. And so, um, you know, it's just bird by bird, little by little, you can, you can do things if this is where your passion lies. Yeah. I love that. Do you have any just small suggestions for ways that people can make the time in their schedules to do the things they love or how to reprioritize because I feel like especially with where we are right now people want to find time for these things and they know the importance of it but it's still hard to kind of I think of it like working out you know once you're in the groove of working out it's easy but if you haven't worked out in a while it's like you have to drag yourself to do it so do you have any suggestions for just like those creative breakthroughs <laughs> I am I am the type of person that doesn't like I don't believe one size fits all I've never have but you know, the other day, like maybe about a month ago, a friend of mine was telling me about this boot camp on the beach. You know, I live, I live in Hermosa Beach here in California. And, um, and I thought, oh, I stand being yelled at, but I love the beach. I can see the beach from my deck, but I never go down there anymore, you know. And so I signed up and three times a week we're running on the sand you know, and, and the person that runs it does not yell at me. He's a nice guy. <laughs> so I, um, I, you know, I had to be vulnerable and sign up like these, these women, they're like five of them. They have been doing this together for years and they, they let me do it with them and I have to show up. So finding an accountability partner is, is helpful for me. I'm a deadline driven journalist and a procrastinating perfectionist. I can procrastinate. And then when I have like three hours before deadline, I then want it to be perfect and I get into it. So I, I know what my flaws are and not everyone is like that. So, 
you know, for me getting, you know, signing up for that boot camp was perfect. And it just clears my head. And, and every morning when we're running, there's no one on the beach that early. And I see, I see dolphins. It's awesome. And it gets me in this mindset of just gratitude, you know? And so I have to be in a mindset of gratitude about, about things, um, before I create just, it's just who I am. So finding time, I would have to know this person individually, know what their personality is like, but, um, you know, I, I give myself deadlines and that helps. Um, I have a couple of writing partners I check in with, um, that really helps. I surround myself, um, mentally, um, with people that I really admire. My, my Facebook is huge, but my Insta is small. And on Insta, it's like scrolling through just reading from people that I adore, you know, and so that are inspirational to me. So whether that's, you know, Buddhist experts or Brene Brown or whoever, you know, like I will read inspirational quotes because it's, um, it's important to surround yourself with people who have been brave enough to keep moving towards their dreams, you know, because it gives you permission to do the same. Um, and that actually motivates me. That really does. It motivates me. I listen to podcasts when I, when I'm walking that really motivate me. Um, and so, you know, when I'm on deadline, I might write 10 hours a day. And then when I'm not on deadline, I might write one hour. So for me, I'm deadline driven, but you know what, what I think the sages in the writing world will tell you is um, to get your butt in the chair, right? Like I read this book yep. called The War on Art. And, um, you know that? Okay. And it's like, it can be fancy and you can make all these sort of justifications and intentions, but really you just get your butt in the chair every day at the same time. Okay. Well, I, I came to this conclusion that it was a man that wrote that, which it was because a lot of us women, oh my God, you wake up, the, the kid is throwing up and you're the one that has to deal with it, right? Like us women, <laughs> we multitask. So what I would say, my, my yoga meditation book is called The Art of Flow, is that we have to flow in life and we're flexible about it and we have to give up perfectionism. So on a morning when my youngest used to throw up all the time, he had, he had such bad colic that lasted until he was three and all kinds of allergies. And we were going back and forth to the hospital when he had pneumonia. I had to give up editing a magazine here in LA because it was just so, it was so time consuming as a single mom. Right. And I would flow. And some nights I would stay up till three in the morning writing, working on this, this, uh, my second novel long and short of it. It's like, you find your moments when he's napping. I used to drive all the way up to Malibu into my favorite Canyon, the very tippy top of this Canyon that amazing. And I, because that was the only way he could sleep was in his car seat, sitting up and I'd get all the way up there and he'd finally be asleep. And then I'd pull out my laptop and it may make me seem like, Whoa, she's really dedicated. But it was the only time I had, you know, it was the only time mm -hmm. I had. Um, and so, you know, the experts that say, get your butt in a chair every day at the same time, they're talking not to mothers. <laughs> They're just not. And it'll make a mom feel guilty of like, oh, I have no control over my time. I have no control over. And sometimes we don't, you know, maybe the ex-husband doesn't pick up the kids. And that weekend that you were going to write, you're with the kids. Are you going to resent the kids? No, they're miracles in your life. You have to flow, find another time, find 
you maybe you get up at six in the morning and you have an hour, but maybe you're exhausted because you're up all night. Do you see what I'm saying? Like us yeah. women, we have this ability to flow and we need to embrace that because we are such flexible creatures, you know, and we have to embrace that. So I would say, be honest about what is going on in your life. And is it joyful? Yes. Am I, am I flowing? Yes. Am I working on my dreams? Yes. Is my house a mess? Yes. <laughs> you know, it's like all of it. <laughs> And I think it's important for women to be honest about what's going on in their lives. And if they work part-time, one day a schedule will be one way and one day a schedule will be another. Some days they'll work nights. Some days they're just going to write at lunch hour and that's fine or, or whatever, art, whatever it is they're doing. So I would say embrace being flexible and flowing. Um, meditation is so key. It's changed my life. You know, finding 10 minutes to meditate can completely rewire you into gratitude um and that's everything i think that is so important for artists i can't tell you how much this is like hitting home for me i mean even <laughs> last night i was like having a breakdown because i'm like there's so many things that i want to do that i just don't have time for and i feel like you're speaking right to me with you know okay. i have to flow and it's like, and you know what, like, I think during COVID, a lot of us are feeling time constricted. How much time do we have? Right. I think a lot of people worry about that. But what I find when I'm writing is that time seems to slip by and I feel like I'm in this timeless, ageless space when I'm creating. I think a lot of artists talk about it. A lot of painters talk about that when they're in studio painting and um, you have enough time and, and if you need help, you're worthy and deserving of it. Ask for it. Awesome. And where can people connect with you to learn about your books, to just get to know you a little bit more social-wise, all that stuff? Yeah, you can, um, on my website, Laura K. Rowe, that's like fish eggs, R-O-E, laurakrowe.com. Um, and you can pre-order a book if you want to, or just read about it. There's a synopsis there and anything else, you know, I do um yoga for writers retreats and i'm really passionate about that because a lot of us writers as you mentioned earlier especially with your poetry you know like to be authentic and write about themes that resonate you really have to dig deep it's like digging into the compost of your youth and then to do that that digs up a lot of feelings and emotions that are hard you know they're really really hard to deal with sometimes we we relive things in our life and a lot of us want to eat that swallow that exercise that you know what I mean we want to like we don't want to feel it and I think that's why writers become so unhealthy and we don't want to end up like Hemingway and Hunter S. Thompson and so many other writers who have gone down a spiral addiction we don't want to we don't want to do that and so yoga for me helps me breathe and feel the feelings and know like in the now it's all okay um and then have some fun the next one is going to be in Maui in September hopefully you know September 2021 travel restrictions vaccine hopefully things will be it'll be a different world that's my hope but you can win a spot on my um on my website so check that out too i can't wait to get back there awesome well thank you so much for all of your insight and you know your honesty about juggling all the things and trying to you know be perfect and then abandoning all that and 
um, just the information you gave to about trying to center yourself and figure out what it is at the core of you and not listen to those doubts. I think that's so important for creators and even people who aren't creators, you know, each and every one of us, we need to hear these words and, and, you know, and spend time with ourselves. Absolutely. Any dream that we have is, is usually rooted into a seed of our intuition. And, um, you know, and some will succeed and some won't. And the journey is what's, is what's awesome.